Joyride, as always, for that lovely intro. I uh, I can't stop listening to it, except for last week where we didn't really have a show. No. Uh, no, we, we got a bit held up, when, yep. didn't we? It was a busy week of news up here in the Channel Country. I did go and listen to the intro theme a couple of times just to satisfy my um, my weekly feel for that song. But yeah, unfortunately, lovely. Well, you know, I thought we should come back this week because this week we're world champions. We are. Uh, three in a row. Three wins in a row. It's an incredible streak we are on at the moment. And, yeah, coming off the back of two wins over the world champion Springbok. So things are pretty good, aren't yeah. they, Errol? Well, look, I just think it just goes to show that the Springboks just aren't able to really lift in the big games. No. I think it shows as well that the South African rugby board were justified in moving all of their teams up to the Northern Hemisphere to play in the Pro 12 or whatever. Yeah. Because they just... They don't know how to play rugby the game it they was the way it was meant to be played. They you know? don't compete in the Southern Hemisphere competition anymore. No. No, no. It's just um it's bomb box stuff. They're just putting the ball up in the air, do yeah. not like putting it through the hands, just want to do set piece, scrum time, line outs. It's awful. It's awful footy. I mean, we might as well be playing, you know, some other rugby powerhouse like oh, Sri Lanka or mm-hmm. Or Malaysia or... They're taking Japan and Fiji's spot in the rugby championship, I think. Yeah, and they've earned it. I mean, have a look what happened at, you know, the last World Cup. We saw the Japanese give it to the uh, Springboks and they... They beat the Irish, they beat the Scots. Look, it just goes to show that you have to be the best team in the world to conquer the Southern Hemisphere. Mm. And for years and years and years, that's, you know, unfortunately for the Springboks, it hasn't been them. No, and we will talk about the the way the Springboks play their footy a little bit more um, in the episode. But, yeah, we have beaten them twice in a row. Yep. The All Blacks have beaten them. They took a 45-metre kick by Geordie Barrett to win the game a couple of minutes ago. Not convincing, not convincing at all. We've got a couple of wins, and our second win over the Springboks was by a significant margin, 13 points, I believe. Yep. So I think at this point in time... Ruined a couple of multis those yeah, games did. Yep. It did, it did. But I think at this point in time... Yeah, we are comfortably the best team in the world. Depending what happens yeah. this weekend, if the Springboks beat the All Blacks, I think it, there's no doubt we are the best team in the world, don't you, Errol? Oh, of course. And, you know, taking into account what we did to the Argentinians last week, I mean, I'd say that we beat them kind of in a more comprehensive fashion than, mm. you know, England did in the Falklands War. I mean, while we didn't <laughs> necessarily take a nuclear submarine and illegally shoot and murder a bunch of Argentinian sailors, we really took it to them. Yeah, we just went out there and did it on the field at Townsville. And um, it was kind of a weird feeling, wasn't it? Like, just comfortably winning a game like that. It's a different style of rugby that you don't see uh, too often is where rugby is played in so close to the equator. I mean, not mm. really since, I guess, probably the Hong Kong Sevens. But even then, you know, that's just a bit of hit and giggle. That's just a bit of one-day footy, really. You know, mm. it isn't a test match where playing rugby that close to the equator really really sorts the wheat from the chaff Mm -hmm. i mean you've got people who thrive in the oven and you've got teams that don't thrive in the oven and i think we are probably the only team that does yeah and i think it shows particularly for the argentinians in the springboks don't know how to pass the ball don't know how to play running rugby and that that shows in those sweaty humid conditions when the ball is a bar of soap they do i mean they play you know, a style of rugby that we were trying to play in the Bledisloe where mm. you know they were trying to avoid running the ball through the hands at all costs. Mm. I mean, even when there was no number overlap, when there was no nothing, it was every situation called for a cutout pass. Mm. And 
you can see that when the boots on the other foot mind the pun that you can see the damage it does <laughs> It's you, sad. You can see the damage that cutout passing does. Mm. And you feel you feel for them that they continue to do that and they continue to do that to their fans. They were very petulant, weren't they, the Argentines on Saturday night? They're petulant people. Mm, petulant. Passionate. They're very European, aren't they? They the are. Argentinians. That's what they, they, are. they like to pride themselves I'll on. I'll tell you what's also very Argentinian is the fact that, you know, you can have half of your value completely wiped off your share market <laughs> in a day and still have some, you know, acceptable form of government. Yep. But look, they do... That they and are a very passionate people. Mm. Their food and cuisine is is rich. They have the best beef in the world. Mm. Um, if you ask an Argentinian, yep. Look, if Brazilians ask, will say it's better. I think their beef, I but it's know. very European tripping people as well, which was costly when the Argentinians looked like they were on the comeback there. And it is, the- but it's also you know. Tripping someone is part and parcel with playing teams like the All Blacks and the Argentinians mm. and, and the Springboks and indeed the French. Yep. It is so innate within, you know, foreign rugby cultures is that to absolutely take the piss and do anything just as long as you don't get caught. <laughs> yeah. How far can you push it? Um, but it was a comfortable win and we we got to play them again this weekend, which, I mean, if it's anything like last weekend, will be another comfortable win. Well, look, I don't think any win's comfortable against the Argentinians unless mm. you're, of course, like a British carrier mm. fleet. Then it's never a doubt. Steaming down to the South Atlantic Ocean mm. to, you know, deploy some special forces teams against you know, Argentine air bases and whatnot. But, look, the Argentinians did strike back heavily uh, mm. against the POMs um, in the Falklands. You know, mm. these things called Exocet missiles. They're essentially anti-ship missiles. Funnily enough, they were made by the French. Yeah, I was about to ask, where did they get those from? They I'm got them from the Yanks French. Them, yeah. But there was like this whole kerfuffle when the war was going on that, you know, they basically had people like James Bonds. They had all these spy agencies around the world. No help from the Americans, but they mm. were all trying to buy these Exocet missiles back off the black market and, you know, trying to get them away from the Argentine military junta that was running the country at the yeah, time. Yeah. But look... We're getting a bit off topic, but I think that what we're going to have to see from the Pumas uh, this time around is a few more exercets. I mm. mean, just hitting the ball up. Yep. I mean, you're not going to win games by, you know, sending in 18-year-old conscripts to try and fight, you know, hardened, battle-ready British mm. commandos and marines. The Michael know, Hoopers and the like. Of course, you know. It's always going to end poorly. It's mm. always going to end with the Argentinians yielding and whatnot. But I think the Argentinians really need to start to focus more on building a platform in the forwards. Yep. Haven't been doing that. No. I mean, it's all just been a bit of a dog's breakfast because as we were touching on two weeks ago, you need to have such a firm and solid base in the forwards to deliver that clean and crisp and beautiful ball that I know that Argentinian backs love to use and they will use it and they will jam a few exercets up our backs asses mm. if we don't switch on and get those anti-ship machine guns ready yeah but they look too tired to me the argentinians they look like they're out of ammo they're not firing on all cylinders and maybe well, they look, just they're a long home. way from home yeah and you know the government here made them jump through hoops, made them, you know, get ready for these test matches in mm. hotel rooms and conference rooms of North Queensland hotels. Yeah. Look, it's a tough time to be an international sportsman and especially in such an international game. I 
rugby union is is arguably this nation's most international game. Yep. I mean, you, and I think that's course, why a lot of people love it. Of course, we do it. play soccer, but mm. we suck at yeah, yeah, we yeah, suck yeah. at not, football. We're not making World Cup finals. No, and no, and, and no one watches it here. I would say that more people would be watching the the NBL than watching the A League. I mean, it's, it'd be the A League is just it's. Look, as we saw on Four Corners last week, it's just—it's a filthy sport. Yep, it's filthy. Yeah, yeah. It's—it's it's not a—it's not a product as well that no. consumers like to get around. I think they had 945 people at a local game when full crowds were allowed uh, earlier this year. I think. It well, was. look, that is sad, and I do hope that the A League is mm. able to get back up on its feet and you know really have such a you know thick and rich competition. Mm. You know, like like a competition that has the viscosity of cold motor oil, mm. but. Getting back to rugby union, yep. I think it's just so great that we've even been able to have this competition here. Yep. And I, it has I been, think, yeah. And look, there are worse places there that are the worse places could go to. They could be yeah. in London. They could spend two months in London. They could be in New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. They could be on the South Island for the last two months. Or, well, you know, as they do say, the South Island is is, is the rugby heartland, you know, and yeah. it's essentially the last part of the world that would be taken in a zombie apocalypse. Yep. Where, look... Things could be worse. Imagine if the Argentinians were having to base themselves in Palmerston North. Oh, exactly. Cold, wet, rainy, yeah. miserable. Being on the Sunshine on Coast. On the banks of Lake Taupo. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they'd, they'd be trying to train with pegs on their noses. Sunshine Coast, for a couple of months, there's worse places they can be. So, you know, I know they're tired. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think. Or they could be up on the Bay of Plenty of Misery. You know, mm. it's, it's. Yeah. With the Bay of Plenty steamers. Look. There are worse places in the world to base yourself than Coolangatta, mm. yes. I guess, isn't yes. it? Yeah, exactly. Errol, that's what I was going for there. Now, you were spitting up some interesting facts that people may not know. Now, here's something that people may not know. We now hold the Rayburn Shield. And if we beat Argentina this weekend, we'll hold it for another little while longer. It's a hypothetical rugby union shield that goes to whoever wins it. And if you, you every single time you play, it's up for grabs. Right. And if you win, you keep it. If you lose, it goes to the next person. And so South Africa, they got it at the World Cup, given that they won the World Cup. So they had the trophy for being the best team in the Mm -hmm. world. And this is why I say we are the best team in the world, because they hadn't lost it. And then we took it off them. And now we have the Rayburn Shield. And um, we'll probably hold it for another little while, because we'll beat Argentina this weekend, I think. And then it depends what happens. I mean, it'd be kind of funny if... um, I was thinking about it. It'd be kind of funny. I think we play Japan first before we go on a Northern Hemisphere tour. Can you just go back and explain to me how this is awarded again? It's for teams that win the most. Is it, what, no, what? sorry, sorry. It's not It's not for teams that win the most. It's basically... It I suppose was, that anyone who's, who's still listening to this podcast after 19 weeks of just gibberish <laughs> will know what this is, but I don't. Yeah, no, not a lot of people do know what this is. Like, I didn't know what it was until I saw it um, recently this week after we won it. It's basically like it was a shield created over 100 years ago between a test match between England and Scotland. And gotcha. so, like, it's an international shield. Whoever wins gets to keep the shield. It's like a world title belt, you know what yeah. I mean? Like in boxing, like someone holds a world title belt, you fight them for the world title belt, you take it. Someone comes and fights you for it. And so whoever, whoever so holds it. every game of international rugby, it swaps. Uh, yeah, whoever holds it swaps it. So, like, against Argentina, if Argentina beat us, they take the Rayburn shield for, you know, the winning team in the world right now, the world title. Right. 
it's not world championship because it's not a world cup, but it's like it's kind of like a so, world title. So it's kind of like a belt in the WWE or something. Yes, like yeah, WWE. But this whole daisy chain of who holds it yep. goes back to what eighteen seventy something. Yes, like, yeah. England and Scots, I believe. So, so it's a funny thing. So ever since then, there's just been one shield that's been won by the team that beats the team that has it. Yes, and it just keeps going around and around. And South Africa got it at the World Cup, but and like then played no one. So they. But it's a hypothetical just, one. Like, hypothetical. Like, yeah, yeah. No, there is no. No, I think there if there was a real one but there isn't now no it doesn't it doesn't get handed over as a piece right. of self-aware or a belt or anything like that it's just a hypothetical thing well, that I suppose people who do like rugby podcasts the logistics can, of that would just be unbelievable yeah, and i suppose that some teams probably would only have it for seven days yeah, exactly yeah. and i mean we only i mean there would be some i would say across the ditch who would say that we only got it and we're lucky that we got it because we played south africa before new zealand played south africa and yep. don't have to play new zealand so again what's this the year. longest all right, so I've gone on to the wiki. The longest stretch it's ever been held by one team. So basically, New Zealand? No, yeah, well, you no. Know, it was uh, South Africa. It was um, they held it for sixteen years wow. and one day, which is five thousand eight hundred and forty-five days, and that was um, you know back, how back in the fifties. I think they successfully defended it eleven times. Wow. So That's it's pretty impressive. It's run. it's back in the fifties, mm. you know, where men were men, I guess, yep. weren't they? <laughs> uh, they Not the weren't. hybrids of man feelings that they are now, mm. but uh, they were probably hiding away as well with that raven yeah. shield. But that's yeah. But look, there's been a couple who've held it for a week, but yeah, look, yeah. it's uh, actually no. The shortest tenure ever uh, was when it looks like Scotland had it. Um, they took it from someone and they had it for four days before they effectively just handed it to New Zealand. Yeah, right. That was back in 1999. I know that was during the 1999 World Cup where it must have gone back and forth during the pools. Yeah. Well, look, hopefully we can go on a spring tour and we'll get to hold it for ages if we win those games. That's a very interesting tidbit. I Mm. mean, yeah, of course. We just need to win one more game and then... And then we play Japan, England... Uh, Scotland and Wales, which we can win all of those games because yeah, they're pretty average at the moment. But look, and then we hold it for a year. As long as we have it for you know more than you know, a handful of days, I'm happy. You know? Yes, but like now, yeah, so, we should get it for at least a month. So basically, in our trophy cabinet now, yep. in our international rugby trophy yep. cabinet now, we have the Mandela Cup. Yep. Uh, we've got the, the, the Rayburn Shield and the Puma. We've got the Puma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we probably have something with Wales that we have. Oh, no, no, else. they got us at the World Cup last time. Probably like Ireland or something. Um, have something with yeah, uh, um, England's got the fucking. Is it the Calcutta Cup they have with us? Yeah, they have with us. They yeah. got that because um, they've got the Cox Cup with the Scots. I don't think they've got... No, they didn't. No, no, that's Scotland. the Calcutta Cup. That's the Calcutta Cup. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what they have. I don't know. Whatever what they, they have, have with they probably have some fucking stupid thing like the, like the Churchill Menzies Shield or something like that. Yeah, you know, some but, mix up of names. But anyway. Really quite boring. Um, so, yeah, we've got an NFT of the Rayburn Shield in our trophy cabinet. But it got me <laughs> thinking, if we, we play Japan right, and Japan, everyone knows now, pretty decent competitive team. Yep. If we play like a second string shitty team and lose to Japan... Yep. The Rayburn Shield could just disappear into the second tier of rugby. So, like, the title, you know, the world championship title, title belt could just disappear. And then Japan play, like, the USA and lose to them. And then the USA lose to, like, Canada. And then all, right. all of a sudden Let down me go there back somewhere. Here and see. All right. So, so, the most obscure team it's ever gone to is Japan. I mean, it's been challenged uh, by the likes of Romania and Samoa, but... No. 
Yeah, look, so that means what? So, whoa, 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 so when did so, you? Oh, did Japan get into the 2015 World Cup? Is that they how they did, got it? I yeah, think right, so. Okay. But look, this, this, <laughs> I don't know what you mean here, but like, um, so the Rayburn Shield, if Japan beat us, take it, yeah, from, take take it, from, it us. from us, Japan has it for a while, yeah. goes off and gets beaten by the likes of Romania. Yep. And Romania has it, and then. And then just don't play anyone, and they just. Romania gets pipped by the Netherlands. Yep. And then the Netherlands rugby union team has the Rayburn Shield, and yeah. and fuck, then it that, just wouldn't that just it'd be, be so funny? It wouldn't just, that just be the fucking funniest thing in yeah, the world? It just if, bounces around between these t- tier two teams until like great for the game until the All Blacks go until the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like the All yeah. Blacks go Spain. We're coming to Madrid. We'll be playing you in a game <laughs> in two weeks' time. Be there, <laughs> and then they just put two hundred and forty points on the Spanish rugby team and take back their Rayburn Shield. I reckon the Spanish should give them. A, a run for their money. I mean, like, the Spaniards, they don't lie down. I mean, no. you saw what the American golf team did to Europe in the Ryder Cup. They fucking fucked them up big mm. time. Except for John Rum of Spain, he really held his own. So there you go. Never mm-hmm. never discount a Spaniard when he's against the wall. Full of fire, the yeah. Spaniards. Um, except for when they're taking a nap, obviously. Uh, but... Yeah. <laughs> Between the hours of 2 and 4 <laughs> yeah. p.m., that's when you can... That's, that's when, when, that's when you strike the Spanish. Um, just quickly before we move on to a couple of other tidbits, I just want to quickly say about that South Africa and um, New Zealand game over the weekend. Yeah. South Africa and the way they play rugby makes me so mad. Yeah. The way that they play is such an affront to the game. Like the All Blacks were off their game. But the Springboks gave it to them as best they could. But they just continue to kick the ball away and throw the ball away. Like Faf de Klerk, with a couple of minutes to go, yeah. they're on the All Blacks 22. He puts up a box kick. Yep. A box kick. Not like a grubber in behind that forces a Geordie Barrett to scoop it up and go into touch or, um, you know, fumble yeah. a grubber near the goal line or do something like that. No, he puts up a box kick. That Geordie Barrett, who's what, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, one of the biggest blokes in world rugby, who's a fullback, just gets up there and catches the ball. Yeah. He actually didn't catch the ball. But end result, All Blacks go straight back up the other end of the field. They hit that 45-metre penalty goal. Yep. They beat the Springboks. They deserve to lose. You know, they, yeah. you just can't play footy like that. And it's kind of like a hybrid type of game that, you, like, you know, oh, shit, about 15 years ago where people, you know, started to, you know, really harness the power that kicking in mm. a game of rugby union can give you. I mean, you know, it's a game of metres. Yep. It's, it's a game territory, of territory. Possession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It just looks like they haven't got the memo again mm. where, you know, the game has evolved back again where it's such a forward heavy technical yeah. game that you know that that's where you can really get meters and form a base yada yeah. yada it's just I, I don't think that the spring box until they you know go back to the drawing board and yeah. work on their game because they've come over here and they've just they've been awful quite frankly just embarrassed yes. themselves yeah. i mean it's it's been a complete and utter waste of time for the spring box to yep. come over here Yep, and, and I can look, see why they didn't come over here last year. And before we get to yeah. that Twitter joke, I will say it's obviously all about balance. Everything in life is about balance. You know, we used to run the ball too much. We didn't kick it enough. We found a way to kick the ball a little bit more. Now we play yeah. a balanced game. And that's why we're the Rayburn Shield holders. South Africa understand the need to kick. But also there are opportunities and numerous opportunities where they have a couple of forwards and some backs. They might have six on three 
instead of just passing the ball and just going through the hands and making territory, box kick yeah. or kick down the field. Just a nothing kick that, you know, against the best team in the world at counterattacking the All Blacks, they get punished. They just need to find a bit of a balance and understand that it's okay to pass the ball and, uh, yeah. and run it through the hands. Yeah, so here's this joke I found. So, <clears throat> so Faf de Klerk was catching a domestic flight in Japan when he sat down in the aisle seat and he noticed... The guy at the window gave him a quick sideways glance and then carried on reading his book, convinced that he'd not been recognised. So Faf opened his passport and left it in full view of the guy at the window, still nothing. So then he placed his nine rugby jersey on the tray, still with no hint of recognition. Despite having his pen ready to sign, finally he just couldn't contain himself anymore, so he tapped the guy in the window seat on the shoulder and said, Excuse me, do you know who I am? And the bloke at the window seat said, Yeah, you're Faf de Klerk, the uh, Springbok scrum half, aren't you? And he says, Old Faf goes, Ah, yeah, of course that's me. He said, Ah, would you like me to sign anything, blah? And then the guy in the window seat goes, Oh, no, 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 it's fine, my child. But do you know who I am? And Faf goes, Sir, I've never seen you before in my life. I've never seen you, and I've never, pro- and I'll never probably see you again. He comes back and he says, "The bloke at the window goes, <clears throat> I am Andre Pollard. <laughs> Your fly half." <laughs> that is yeah. pretty good. Oh, I'll go. give that. That's pretty good. That from, is funny from some person on Twitter. From there. some guy. Um, Mate, that's hard to read. Like, yeah. if there was more spelling mistakes in that than a fucking Batuta article, it was fucked. <laughs> real, yeah, oh, yeah, but real yeah, no, it's um, but look, no, that's fair. There was that's actually just how they play though. But yeah, see, no, this is, is, I dare say, that's come from a fucking Springboks fan. Yeah, yeah, and the, uh, frustrated and embarrassed. The message to kick isn't coming from Faf. The coaches are telling them to do that. Yucks, and yeah, saying kick the fucking ball. Well, well maybe um, it's time they get a Kiwi coach too. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, that's what's transformed Australian rugby. If Obviously, you ask, um, yeah. if you ask. Uh, yeah, well, look, it, I've said time and time again that Kiwi coaches are great for Australian rugby. Yep, it's perfect. And and they're claiming Quade Cooper now again as well, Kiwi fans. Um, well, that's good. You know, we, we claim lots of things that New Zealand yeah. have given the world, you know. Yeah, fair. Now, um, there is one last weekend of the rugby championship before there we is. have a little bit of a break, yep. so we'll look forward to that. But one other thing I wanted to talk to you about, uh, Errol, was World Rugby has introduced some new laws um, basically, they want forwards to play by the same rules as backs. So, they're limiting <laughs> limiting contact training. Really? Yeah, limiting contact training to 15 minutes a week for rugby players. Well, you know what this is just going to result in? Mm-hmm. Rucks and malls are just essentially just not going to be, like, people just aren't going to commit to them. No. There's going to be a tackle. There's going to be a person on each side, and people are going to have hands on each other. You know, yeah, just, yeah, like, just a touch, oh, just a touch like that, and then the ball's going to be sent. And then maybe once in a while, you've got someone who you know, against the spirit of the game, dives straight over the top, and you know, maybe puts a foot over and tries to steal a bit of ball. Mm. I understand why they're doing that. Yeah, because yeah, it's all the because they've got CTA. absolutely no idea what happens to the forwards really I mean but look if there's any game that teaches you how fucking how soft and like how weak a human body can be it's rugby union I mean you've got games like American football 
and rugby league where they just run at each other. Mm. Just straight at yeah. each other. And where in rugby union you need to be a bit, you know, a bit more discerning about mm. how you treat your body because it's got to last. Yep. I mean, you can't be running flat out at your opposite number all game because your body will break down. Yeah, and not actually care if your head makes just straight on contact with your opposition number's head. No. I watched a game at NFL the other day. They are they are wild. Like guys in the air, like yeah. straight head on head, just straight well, at each they've other. They've got it's crazy. those helmets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 but surely it's the helmet insane. amplifies it. I mean, there's one thing that they haven't done in rugby, which they've tried to mandate everything else, is that mm. they need – if they're terrified of these, you know, future brain injuries, is that if you're in the tight five or if you're a fucking in the loose three, you need to wear a headgear. Yeah. I mean, you're the ones who are going to be having, you know, not as powerful, but you are going to be having more head knocks because yep. of scrums and mauls and whatnot. But look, it should be doing it for the sake of their ears anyway. But I think that I'm not really sure how they're going to police this rule. It feels very much like the teacher in the schoolyard, you know what I mean? A bit of lunchtime footy there. It's like no contact, touch only. As soon, soon as the teacher yeah. looks away or goes to pick up a piece of rubbish well, or something or talks to someone, there's just a massive shoulder charge it, coming in from someone. You know, like it evolves. Yeah. You know, it becomes, you know, grab one, two, three. Mm. To like shoulders to <laughs> like don't put me on the ground to being spear tackled into yep. the astroturf yep. cricket pitch in the middle of the two grounds. Yep. But yeah, to like blindside shoulder charges from like a yep. side on angle there that absolutely yep. rattles you. Late ball to yep. like the kind of ball where you're in you know English the next period and you look down at your page and it you, you might as well be in fucking Indonesian. Yep. Yeah. It's all uh, it's all blurry. Um, yeah. I don't know how they're going to police it, though, really. Like, I, I know can't. they can I mean, try it at a professional unless level. Unless there's a world rugby person that comes and stands at every training session, mm. it's not policeable. Yeah, yeah. Well, they definitely won't be out here. But um, they have to be seen to be doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess is, it makes sense. And but this is what they're going to like, – look. 15 minutes is If nothing. they mandate this rule, it shows that they're doing something where yes. – if they did nothing, it means that they didn't care. But this mm. – and they know that no one's going to fucking do it. yeah. Yeah, yeah, they know it. Yeah, it kind of covers them a little bit legally that they've. Oh yeah, it does. It said, you know, it passes the culpability of the future brain injury onto the club or the organisation. I'll be curious to see if there's actually different. I guess it won't be head injuries, but I reckon there'll be a significant uptick in injuries in any team that are made to follow these rules during training because your just body's not going to be conditioned to contact. And then all of a sudden, you've gone from 15 minutes of training a week to going and doing 80 minutes of full contact out on the field, full noise, against um, you know back rowers and locks who haven't been able to hit anyone all week. And then all yeah. of a sudden, uh, they've got 80 minutes. And their bodies are much harder. Yeah, if yeah. you've ever tackled a professional forward that isn't a prop, a tackling bag full of bricks. Yep. They're hard people. I it mean, hurts. it isn't like tackling a fucking tackling bag that's full of, you know, no. old fucking cat pelts. It's fucking. It's not like being a kid when you can tackle the big guy. You know what I mean? Like you no. can just go around his legs and it's like, it's oh, that's so okay. different. Yeah, it's like, oh, you run and their shoulder hits your leg and it's like you've just been hit with a four by two across the thighs. I mean, and you can't just, walk properly for a couple yeah, of days. I mean, it just goes to show that the people involved in rugby union around the world are just, you know, Pedantic and mm. overeducated losers. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's the way they like it, I think, Errol, which is um, which is a shame. But anyway, so we'll see if there's any more blowback from that, and 
we'll see if there's going to be any more blowback from these games over the weekend, whether the yep. South Africans and the Argentinians decide to actually play a little bit of footy and have a go. It's the I, last chance. Mate, they're going to have a go and they'll take the shield off us and then they'll get pumped by Chile and then, <laughs> and then and we'll, it's gone. And then off the Rayburn shield goes and to Santiago for 12 the months. The Rayburn goes on some epic five-year odyssey in the second division of world rugby and comes back when the All Blacks pump the Americans yeah. uh, at Chicago, which they're going to do Field. end of October. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, I wouldn't mind that. That would be a nice thing for the Ravens. I've always to have. wanted Obviously to go to that win. game. Yeah. Yeah. Because the All Blacks wouldn't, like, they would bring a full strength team, but they would play them for like 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Just and then bring like, the We can't the have Geordie Barrett, you know, accidentally kill someone. Mm. It's actually negligent. Yep. It's negligent. It's like letting a super rugby player come down and play some subbies and actually hurting someone. But this but. is, look, there's a hot summer of some niche international rugby and I'm excited. Mm. Look, It's a bit different. It'll all be at fucking rank time. Like, imagine, like, fuck. Like, There'll I'm hopefully just, be some around that 10, like, 11 o'clock on a Saturday, which is pretty good. Yeah, look, I think, you know, like, we're playing England at Twickenham at 4.30 in the morning. It's a bit gross, rank, isn't gross, it? yeah. yeah. Playing Scotland at Murrayfield in November at one fifteen a.m. See, that's doable. Four thirty a.m. We're playing the Welsh. Ugh. Yeah, look, there's no eleven a games for us, but you know, like there are hallmark games like the Irish versus the Pumas, hmm. eleven a.m. Yeah, which is a shame. They should lobby to change that, but yeah, you know, yeah. But for I now- think that you know. When Rugby Australia is dealing with world rugby, it's essentially Rugby Australia on the back of a tandem bike and and world rugby up up the front, not pedalling with a blindfold on. Yep, you know? and we are just sweating it up and just trying we're, to steer them. We're pedalling and hope we don't end up under a bendy bus. Leaning side to side. Yeah. So I guess we should make the most of this um, final weekend of primetime footy. No rugby league to compete with as well. No AFL, so... Hopefully on this week, more eyeballs. Not on the Saturday. Not on the, no, the Saturday not. when it's on. So well, yeah, it's a prime time bonanza. Yeah, of, looking uh, forward to it. Rugby championship. So enjoy that, and um, we'll be back again with you next week to run through all that yeah, stuff. And when we don't have the Rayburn company. No, no, no. We will. We'll have it all. Don't worry. We'll do these premises, and we will continue to hold the Rayburn. For yeah, sometime. That's good. All right. See ya. Ciao.